Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf Show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiasts. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine with insightful reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, helping you improve your game from tea to green. Good morning, welcome to the Women of Golf, the number one women's golf show around the world, with hosts Ted Odorico and Cindy Miller. Join them as they interview some of the best players from the Epson, LPGA and Legends Tour, and so many others helping to elevate women's golf. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside, of course, each and every week is none other than Legends Tour player and LPGA professional, Cindy Miller. And we are, of course, your hosts here on the Women of Golf. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing very well. Uh, just back from the Epson Tour Championship. We've got our winner here. We're going to talk to her in just a moment. But uh, very exciting event, very busy down there. Lots of uh, lots of folks, uh, volunteers and helpers and, and uh, staff and whatnot doing their thing uh, to help these young ladies have a good event. And I think they had a very successful, and I tell you, despite the weather the week before, Cindy, they had a beautiful week for this event. I mean, I don't think there was a, barely a cloud in the sky the whole time. So um, it was a, a very successful event, and I'm sure our, our winner um, will uh, will be able to tell us that uh, the weather was pretty good as well. But uh, very, very good event. How, how are things with you? All is well. All is well. Good. All right. Um, as I mentioned, we're, we're going to be joined here by our winner from the Epson Tour Championship, Jarvi Bunchant. She's uh, 23, and uh, her uh, main residence actually is in Bangkok, Thailand, where she's from. Uh, but uh, when she's here in the United States, she resides uh, in Orlando. Um, she qualified for the Epson Tour after competing at Stage 2 of the 2021 LPGA Qualifying Tournament to earn her Epson Tour membership. Uh, this was her rookie year, 2022, and uh, she just earned, as I mentioned, her first career victory by uh, on that tour by winning the past weekend's Epson Tour Championship in Daytona, Florida, which I did attend. Uh, some previous win uh, was the 2021 BGC Thailand LPJ Masters. Uh, this win this past weekend uh, earned her a winner's check of 37,500, and with that, uh, her total for the season was 76,543. This moved her from number 36 in the uh, race to the census race for the card, and moved her up into number 12. So, um, without further ado, Cindy, let's welcome our winner off the Epson Tour. Uh, Jarvi Boonchat. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. How are you guys? We're doing great. Thanks for joining We're, us. Great job. Yes, thank you for having me. Thank you. Well, we're we're quite excited. Um it's uh this was of course the um last event for this year uh, on the Epson Tour and what a great way to to finish out the season to clinch it with the win and especially your first first win on the tour so you have to be um really excited obviously uh understandably but very very excited correct 
Yeah, it's kind of so weird. Kiss is like my first thing on Epson and in the U.S. as a pro too. So I still like can't really process all of that through. But yeah, it feels really good. I yeah. So um, are you going to or have you uh, done any sort of celebration yet, or are you just still trying to get over the uh, the excitement of it? And you'll find something to do uh, to go out and sort of really kick off a little bit of a celebration. Uh, have you done anything yet, or are you going to do that maybe in the next little bit? Um, no, I actually haven't done much. But I went to Disney Spring with my friend yesterday, if that counts. But I'm actually flying back to um, Asia tonight. So I've been, like, busy packing my stuff and, like, buying oh. <laughs> souvenirs back for my parents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got to buy. you got to buy the parents. <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. How long will you be in Asia? Um, as of right now, probably around, and then I'll fly back for Q series. When's Q series? Um, Q series is the first two week of December, so I might come back like a week earlier just to practice and come back to my apartment, and then we're gonna drive up to Alabama. Got it. Got it. That's awesome. Ted? Where, where is the, uh, what courses or where, what area are they playing uh, the, the Q Series in Alabama? Do you know offhand? Um, is it going to be the same as last year? Yeah, I think it's the same as last year. Oh, very good. Well, I'm going to try to, because uh, I know that they had it, um, I'm trying to think of where the first week, I can't remember where in Alabama, I think it was somewhere around Montgomery or Mobile, I think. And then the last, yeah, um, yeah the last round, uh, or the last week, rather, they had in Dothan, Alabama, at the Robert Trent Jones course, uh, the Highlands. Uh, do you know if it's going to be there? The, the reason why I ask is is um, I went there last year to watch you guys, uh, those that were there, and uh, I'll try to make it out there again if, if that's where they're going to be. I'll, I'll go online and I'll look, but I'm just curious to see if they were. Um, so let me ask. I think it's going sorry, to go be, ahead. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, I think it's going to be at Mobile, Alabama for just for both weeks. We only okay. play like well, two what? different golf courses this year. Uh, oh, okay. So that's, yeah. Okay. Well, that's not far. That's not that far away. That's just a, a couple of hours away. So I might even make it up there as well. So let me ask you, um, uh, I want to go back to what I said earlier about your rounds. Uh, mm-hmm. Bogey-free, no bogeys in any of your four rounds. Uh, lots of birdies. Uh, in fact, uh, round one, you had uh, uh, five birdies. Then you went out to uh, round two, you had eight birdies, which is almost half the mm-hmm. round. So that's pretty pretty impressive. You had an eagle in round three on the front nine and just two birdies in the back. Um, and then you went back and had six birdies in round four. So you had a lot of birdies throughout your round. But I want to ask you something particularly, because it caught my eye just based on what I've just read out. In round three, which was the Saturday round, you had the the eagle and then the two birdies. Um, And, of course, the rest were all pars. Compared to the other rounds, was that a tougher day for you, do you think? Um, Was it more challenging? Did the weather – I was there on Saturday, and I remember it was beautiful, but maybe the wind picked up or something – because um, you didn't get as many birdies in, in that round. What was the reason for that? Do you yeah. think it was just more challenging that day, or, or were you tired a little bit from the previous two rounds? Um, 
Yeah, Saturday the wind definitely picked up compared to the first two days. But I think mm-hmm. like as I said, I was never be I was never really leading the tournament before, so I think that might like caught in my head a little bit because on that day mm. my irons were not as good as the first two days. Right. Um, it was like a bit off. So all my um, so when I was on a green, it was not as close as before, and my mm-hmm. putting speed was like like the first round I played the front nine. I really had a hard time adjusting my speed. So I was always like three feet past the hole and always like try to make like the par putt, um, the par safe. But on the third mm. round, I left it short most of the putts. So like I always uh. have like good line, but just leave like one short in um, the whole day. So I think it might be because of like the um, the scoreboard and like I was playing in the leading mm. group too and the two other two girls were like really good and I think that might have like put some pressure on me um, right but yeah who was who was who were you partnered with on that third round I know Bailey Tardy was I, uh, was, was she in your group uh, Bailey Tardy yeah yeah, she was in my okay. group, Bailey Tardy, and um, here's Jude Dan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I watched a little bit, as I said, throughout the event. And uh, Bailey, of course, is from Norcross, Georgia, and actually, uh, she's mm-hmm. been on the show a couple of years ago. She was on the show as well, um, and uh, yeah, she's a tough competitor. So, um, very interesting. Um, Cindy, go ahead. So tell me. I looked at your profile. You went to the IMG Academy. How many years were you there before you went to Duke? Um, I was there for four years, from ninth grade to 12th. And how did you find out about the IMG Academy? Um, I was actually playing the um, Junior World, the tournament in San Diego. And um, I think that year I finished, like, top 10 and – I got recruited by IMG. I came over to visit it, and I just loved the campus and decided to kind of, like, move here. (laughs) And while you were there, I'm Mm -hmm. asking because we teach a lot of junior golfers, and I want to share your answers with them. How Mm -hmm. lonely was it at first when you first came over here? Oh, it was it was pretty bad. Like I was, I think I was only fourteen years old, and um, it was a boarding school. So, and I came like a month late. Um, so everyone, the school already started, and we have a lot of stuff, like a lot of work to catch up. And I just got put into like with this roommate that I never seen her before. She's like a tennis player. I mean, she's great, but like she already made like. Um, lots of friends and I was just like so lonely but um, luckily like people at IMG are so kind and they like understand like all the teachers are like understanding and we have like some Thai friends there too so they were like helping me getting through it but like the first few months it was pretty tough I was I remember like I Skyping with my I was Skyping with my parents like for like hours every day Mm. Oh, boy. 
What did you love the most about your four years there? Um, I love the friendships that I made. Like, um, since it's like we have many international students, and I just feel like I wouldn't be able. I love I love the experience and the friendships that I made. Like. I feel like I grow as a person and also as a player just by attending IMG for four years because I was there by myself and my parents were back in Thailand and I learned to do many stuff on my own and that really helped me prepare to go to college and um, and all my friends that I made at IMG, I just, I'm very grateful. Like, honestly, like last week, <clears throat> I was like the last, the past month, I was um, very worried about like all the money lists and everything on Epson. And I feel like that I had my friend from IMG that I was like very close to and I've been talking to her a lot about this. And I think like I'm very grateful for her that she always there for me during like um, tough time and kind of like helped me get through it. So I always told her that like I wouldn't be here without her help. And that, that's, that's great. Really yeah. That's awesome. Now, how hard, I know you went to school there. You were, It's a boarding school, and you worked on your game, so it was the total golf school experience, if you will. How many days a week did you work on your golf game while you were there? Um, almost every day, like six days a week. We have, like, golf schedule and school schedule, like golf in the morning, school in the afternoon, or you can, or vice versa. So we played, if I remember correctly, we play nine holes twice a week. And then we we have like practice schedule with coaches like three times a week, like Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, I mean, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then we do, we have like our Sunday tournament every week that um, student can participate in to win a prize, like Chipotle gift card, and, which is a really big thing back then. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, we practice a lot. And, yeah. So golf was like your job since you were 14. Yeah, basically. It was, yeah. But um, there's awesome. a lot of friends there, too. So it wasn't like you were not like, I don't feel like I was forced to do it. I was enjoying um, practicing and seeing my friends around. Awesome. Ted? Well, that's that's the main thing, you know, is you have to enjoy what you do. I want to go back a little bit to um, an earlier time. What was it about golf that appealed to you? Uh, I mean, there's so many other sports and other games that are out there, and, and obviously – you know, you um, have some uh, athletic uh, interests. What was it about golf that, that attracted you to the game? What was it that you enjoyed about that from a very early age uh, before you got to IMG? Yeah, I started playing golf when I was six because of my dad. Like, we lived pretty close to the driving range, so he would brought, he would bring me to the driving range with him, and I just saw him hitting balls, and I was interested. I just wanted to try what he was doing so that's how I kind of like got into golf but I didn't really get to play competitively until I was like eight or nine 
And when I started playing the tournament, I didn't start it well either. It was like I was pretty small on team and I'm just like couldn't hit the ball far at all as I was struggling. But when I see like myself getting better, like I see the progress, um, it was really exciting and fun to see like how my score keep getting lower. And I just feel like golf is like one of those sports that like you don't really like compete. Well, you can't even like do competing against other players, but like mostly you're competing mm-hmm. against yourself. And right. that just makes it like very interesting. And also like golf, like for golf, you need to like stay focused the whole round. Um, and just like need to like kind of like train the mental side of it. Like you need to focus on your own game and like things about like many things like the grain, the winds and everything. And I think that would make it like challenging. And I really like that aspect of the game. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, this question, I think I already know the answer and, and uh, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Uh, you said you're, you're flying out tonight. Uh, you're going back overseas to Asia back home. Um, Mm-hmm. Have, do your parents do your parents already have you already skyped them? Do they already know that you won this this event, or are you going to surprise them? Yeah, um, my dad was actually like following the leaderboard the whole oh, okay. entire tournament. Like he was watching the leaderboard live. The funny thing is like he didn't <laughs> know the tournament was live, so he didn't watch the actual like <laughs> tournament. But he was just like looking at the leaderboard, keep like refreshing. <laughs> Yeah, you'll have to educate him when you go home and say, you know, Dad, you could actually watch the event live, um, not just the leaderboard. <laughs> yeah, he, so, yeah. Yeah, he only realized <laughs> that after the tournament ended. He was like, oh, his friend was texting him. I was like, oh, I was watching your daughter playing. And he was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But, yeah. Well, maybe maybe he can go back or maybe you can go back and, and find some uh, recorded video footage of it and, and he'll be able to see it uh uh, it's not as exciting as the actual event, but uh, it'll still be fun mm-hmm. for him to see that. Um, what has been the most challenging part? I mean, you obviously went, you pl- uh, played for Duke, you were, you attended Duke, and, and obviously you, you understand from your time at IMG as well to uh, play in, in some uh, events and things. But um, now you're out on the Epson Tour. Um, what has been the probably the most challenging part? Obviously playing uh, is a challenge, but what what else is challenging or has been challenging for you um, this past season, your rookie year? Um, I think one of the most challenging part would be, like, the money list. Like, um, because now you're – I didn't realize that it could affect me that much until, like, toward the end that I realized that, like, oh, my – career is kind of like hanging on that like if i finish top 35 get to go straight to q series but if not i need to do stage two again and um Mm -hmm. and i can't really plan anything until like last week was over because i don't know where i'm gonna finish and everyone was like so tight um with the rank like Mm -hmm. the ranking was very tight it's only like a couple hundreds away and um i think that would make it hard and that was that was like actually the struggle that I've been going through over the past few weeks. Um, 
because like when you were in college and you play junior golf, you don't need to worry about that. You just like enjoy the game and just like have fun in the round. You see your friends at a tournament. You don't need to worry like if your ranking gonna drop or not. Um, but yeah, I think that was like the tough part of like being a professional golfer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the I was reading some of the the other stats as well. I don't know if you've had a chance or if you even. Uh, really pay much attention to that, but uh, I was reading some of the stats from your four rounds, and what was really, again, sort of stood out to me was how accurate you are. I mean, on average, um, you know, you had uh, the first two rounds, you hit 12 out of 14 fairways. Interesting, despite um, on round three, you indicated with it being, you know, with the wind picking up and obviously being a little bit nervous being, you know, up uh, around the lead and that, is you actually hit 14 out of 14 fairways, which I found really interesting. <laughs> and then on round four, you hit 13 out of 14. So you actually got even more accurate despite being up around the lead. Uh, but something else, too, that, that caught my eye, and also the greens and regulations, same thing, 17 out of 18 round one, 16 out of 18 round two, 15 out of 18 uh, the third round, 16 out of you know. So you obviously... Uh, we're, we're getting better as things went on. But was really, you know, you mentioned earlier, you know, you weren't hitting very far. And I want to just read this out because I think this is really interesting. Your driving distance average for all four rounds, you, your round three, again, was you said was kind of your toughest round. Uh, you were hitting at 262 yards. The, the other days was 250 average and 242 in round four. But you averaged 251. That is further than most amateur golfers in the United States drive. So uh, hitting it short is not, um, is not something that you have to worry about. You're hitting it pretty good. Um, how do you feel when you hear those, when you hear those stats? Is that, how does that make you feel? Does that tell you that, you know what, um, I'm doing pretty good? Yeah, I think it's, like, it's more like a reassuring feeling that you have because like when I'm on the golf course I never really like thought that I was like doing pretty good I was just thinking that I'm like doing okay but I never thought I was like oh this is like great this is going great oh I wasn't trying to focus on that and honestly I still don't think I'm like a far hitter I still think that I'm like more leaning toward like the shorter side um but it's getting better like last year I definitely like hit way shorter than this and um I've been it's something that I've been working on ever since I ever since my junior golf actually like I've been like when I go to see my trainer I was like yeah I want to gain like 30 yards I know that it's impossible but (laughs) that's like the aim right now um but um yeah it was like it was good to see that my game is leading into the right direction where I've been like wanting to go yeah, I mean, those are very impressive stats. Cindy, I think you would agree. Uh, those are some numbers I think just about anybody uh, playing golf, whether they're professional or, or not, I think would, would gravitate to. What, what are your thoughts, Cindy? Yeah, she's a machine. <laughs> I, <laughs> Go ahead. I want to be that machine. I want to be that machine. So what do you love most about playing professional golf? Um. Just the competitiveness. Like I know I said it was like pretty um pretty 
I know I said that I was pretty anxious about like the money list and that was a struggle I was into but like um I think that was also like the fun of it too like you get to see and kind of like an immediate feedback on how your game was just like based on the money ranking and also like um you get to meet more people get to travel and play in like different golf courses different places and um for me I just really love traveling and just be able to travel and golf at the same time and earning money like that your career that's like just amazing and I just love that part of it and um and the competitiveness too like it's definitely like more competitive than like junior golf when I was at IMG and um and yeah I just like that part of it and um and I definitely gained more friends made more friends this year the Epson tour as well so yeah I'm happy with awesome. that and what's the hardest part? <laughs> the hardest part is, as I said, is the ranking that, like, you need to, well, you don't really need to, you shouldn't be thinking about that all the time, but, you know, like, sometimes it's, just, like, caught up in your head, and that kind of, like, um, you might get, like, more distracted on the course. Like, instead of just playing your own game, you might start, wondering about like how other people are doing and I think that's just like the hardest part and they're like something that differentiate like um college golf and professional golf life for me awesome very good so so um let me ask you obviously we we understand what uh, the strengths of your game are, are pretty much everything. Your short game seems to be good. Your uh, your driving, I know you said you'd like to get a few extra yards out there. Um, and so I, I under, understand that aspect. But what do you, what do you, is the best part of your game, do you think? Is it is it the short game? Uh, is it the accuracy off the tee? Um, what is, in your estimation, what is the tightest part of your game? And what part of your game do you think you still need to really uh, put a little bit more work into to get it to where you would like it to be? Mm-hmm. Um, I think my strength would be my iron. Um, I think um, I've been, if I, if I need to pick one aspect of my game that I'm most confident in, I would say like my iron shot. Um Especially like lately, I realized that I start to hit more accurately compared to before. So that really like boosts um, confidence, my confidence in my game. But um, whereas my weakness, I would say um, my short game. Yeah, like my chipping what? around the green. That has chipping always that. been what? my um, weakness, yeah. What about now? Obviously, you you did, and I didn't read it out, but you you did very well in your putts as well. Is putting because the reason why I asked this, uh, Jarvie, is because uh, a lot of the young ladies we've had on before, um, mm-hmm. they all kind of have a sim a similar approach in in their answer, and that is, you know, their irons are pretty tight. Some of them maybe their driving is is really your accuracy and distance is good, um, but a lot of them really struggle with their putting. Um, how do you mm-hmm. feel? Do you feel do you feel pretty confident with your putting as well? 
Um, I mean, obviously, we can always improve in every part of our game, but it, are you pretty satisfied with, with um, how you were putting this past week? Yeah, I'm pretty happy with how I've um, been putting the last week. And also, I was actually, like, very struggled at the beginning of the year. And then um, when we have, like, the two weeks break, I went back to Thailand, and I was meeting with, like, this putting coach, and he kind of, like, helped me. Like, I started to use aim points, and I think that really helped me, like, um, shaping my mind. Like, I always have a hard time, like, committing to a line. But now that I'm using aim point, I, like, I have somewhere, like, to um, focus on and, like, commit it to the shot, like, to the line that I see. And I think that really helps me. And also, like, um, I try to spend more time on the greens because, like, like, in – when I was, like, younger, I always thought, of, like, if you hit a good shot, then you don't need to worry about putting because, like, it's going to be close. You can – it's, like, obviously, like, it's, um, like, you it almost guarantee that you're going to, like, just two-putt it. Or, like, if you putt well, you like lucky you get, like, one putt. But when I'm on tour, I see, like, everyone's putt – like, everything comes – like, all the wins comes from, like, putting. Like, it's almost, mm-hmm. like, one of – is almost like the most important part of your game because like no matter how good you hit if you don't make putt then you don't make birdies so i was trying to right. um spend more time on the greens doing like a practice round or like doing like just a practice day just trying to get the speed the lines and the true boost um confidence on the green mm-hmm yeah, I couldn't agree more. And and you're right. I mean, you can miss a, a green once in a while, and you can maybe not hit it out, uh, you know, a mile out to the middle of the fairway. But if you get to the green in regulation, and you can't make those putts, that can be the difference of you winning the tournament and not winning the tournament. Let let me ask you this, uh, yeah. and then I'll give it give it back to Cindy here in a moment. Um, this is sort of a two part question. Uh, and and the reason I asked this is I as I mentioned earlier I went to uh, the second part of the uh, Q series last year when it was here in, in Alabama and something that really was very interesting that I noticed so I want to ask you how much on average per day do you put time and I mean I'm referring to time do you put into your practice how many hours a day on average do you practice and are you somebody that uses um, you know, some training aids, whether it be for putting, whether it be for other parts of your game. Uh, you know, do you lay down alignment sticks, that sort of thing? Because I, I noticed that at the at the Q series that some of the girls, I mean, they had all kinds of gadgets, you know, that they were using out, in, especially on the putting mm-hmm. green, of course. But um, are you somebody that uses training aids often or some of the time? And how often do you practice every day? How much time do you put in each day, do you think? Um. I don't use that many um, training aids. Uh, I don't use that many training aids. Yeah, um, I only have like alignment stick in my golf bag, and that's all I use. I usually use it for like helping me um, checking my aiming. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, officially, like during this season, I don't really try to change my swing that much. I was trying to maintain it and just like. Yeah, I don't really have any major change, but if I feel like my swing was a bit off, I would just like take video, swing video and send it to my coach and um, and just work on that. I'm not trying to do any like major changes because we play a lot of golf throughout the season, and 
me personally, I just feel like we don't, I don't have enough time to like mm-hmm. make like a major adjustment. And um, to answer your second question, um, we play a lot of golf, so I <laughs> like to like take like day off like at least once a week. And but when we have like a week off, I usually practice like three hours or three hour and a half. I only spend like that much time on the course and then I would like just relax in the afternoon. I think that's a good plan. I think yeah, because I think if you do too much then it's counterproductive, right? I think if you're if you're practicing too too yeah. much, then it doesn't help. It actually might even hurt your game a little bit because you get sore and you're tired and just don't seem to be focusing as well as you should be. So I think that's a, a pretty good balance. Um, Cindy, go ahead. Any any final questions or thoughts? You know, you don't need to make any swing changes when you hit every fairway, every green. Um, <laughs> and, and you know what's funny? Um, you say the hardest part is, is anticipating where you're going to end up, you know, on the money list, and i got to do this to qualify for that. Again, mm-hmm. if I were you, I would look in the mirror and I would say, you know what, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. I'm hitting it as good as I can hit it. I just broke a scoring record of 23 under par. All i got to do is keep doing what I'm doing. And if I do that and I stay very boring and I only practice an hour or two or three hours a day, I don't have to do 12 hours a day, I'm going to get all the goals and accomplish everything I've ever dreamed of accomplishing. So that's my advice to you. Great job. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I think that's uh I think that's some very great advice um that Cindy just gave you. You know, everybody's obviously, you know, Jarvi, as you know, everybody's different. I mean, what works for one doesn't always necessarily work for somebody else, but I agree. I think one of the things that you have to really be careful about is, and it's hard. I mean, when you're out there and you're trying to say, okay, well, where am I in the in the in the tournament or this round, and you're peeking at the, the scoreboard or or what have you, um, let let your dad do the scoreboard peeking, and you just focus on playing your game, and he'll let you know uh, after the round how you did. I'm sure, but um, I'm sure they're very very excited for you and and eager, obviously more importantly, to have you come home and and spend time with with them and and uh, family and friends. Um, so my final question to you is when you're not playing golf or out practicing or, mm-hmm. or even ho- holding a golf club, what are some of the other things that you enjoy doing the most? I like to do Lego. Wow. Lego? I like, That's interesting. I like, yeah, yeah, I like doing Legos. <laughs> I actually just went to Disney Spring yesterday and bought some Legos back with me. <laughs> I would have never well, guessed that. For you. <laughs> a, a child at heart. Um, what other things? I mean, obviously that can be time-consuming too, depending on what you get. But um, like, do you like to go to movies? I mean, I, I know everybody streams movies now, so you don't really always have to go. But um, do you, you know, what other activities? Are there other sports that you enjoy uh, playing at all, or other other activities? You know, hiking, walking, whatever. Are there things like that that you enjoy doing? Yeah. I- like to watch um Korean dramas. Um mm-hmm. as you said now we can like streaming so I like to like just stay at home and watch like Netflix or just like a show on YouTube. Um but when I'm like but I also like to go out to like 
to eat good food. I like to enjoy taking, I enjoy taking pictures of food and post on my Instagram story. And that's have been like something that I'm really like invested in <laughs> lately. And yeah, <laughs> I, I like to travel too. If I have like a long break, um, I like to go sightseeing and just like maybe do some hiking, but I just like to travel around. And in fact, I'm actually like flying back to Asia tonight and I'm going to be like stopping by in Korea for like a week before I go back to Thailand too. So that's, that's going to be fun. I'm excited for that. So your are parents you gonna are going to have to wait. Korea? Yeah, my parents will have to wait one more week until they see me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if you heard, uh, I, mean, I apologize, Cindy asked you if you were going to be staying or, or uh, you know, visiting with friends in, in Korea. Um, uh, my friends from Thailand, my middle school friends from Thailand are actually flying to Korea and we're going to meet like there and we're going to spend time like together and then we fly back to Thailand on the same day. That's fantastic. Yeah. And, and you know, that's good. Now do your friends, and I know I said that was the previous question was my last one, but I'm going to ask one more just based on that. Mm -hmm. Do a lot of your friends, like, you know, your girlfriends that you knew from school and things like that, and that you've obviously made some lifelong friends, do they play any of them? And I don't mean at your level, but do any of them play golf, uh, or they just sort of live vicariously through what you do? Um, well, most of my friends, my friends in at IMG, they still play golf, and some of them are like doing like the. So I think most of them are playing in Asia, like the Thai LPGA, um, CLPGA, right. or in Japan or in Korea. Um, yeah, most of them are still playing golf. But, like, yeah, but the two friends that I'm going to meet, they are not golfers. Um, are you going to try to convince them to play some golf one day? I don't mean necessarily on a professional level, but just maybe join yeah. maybe join you and maybe teach them a little bit how to play. I mean, now that you've, you've just won this event, you can uh, impart some of your skills that you've uh, acquired over the last, yeah. you know, many years. Or you just want yeah, to have them as, been, as just... Uh, <laughs> I haven't been able to convince them, but I was able to convince their parents to play golf. So maybe oh, I can, like, slowly convincing them, the whole family, to start playing golf and hanging out with me on the golf course. Well, you just need to, you just need to get off that plane in Korea with a nice big blown-up version of the check you just won and show them and say, see, this is what golf brought me, and maybe that'll uh, spark the interest. But um, Jarvie, thank you very much for joining us this morning. I know you've got a lot of things to do and as you get ready to, to head back home, and, and I know your friends are obviously uh, going to be very excited to see you, and more importantly, I think your, your parents and, and family and that are, are really going to be excited to see you. And congratulations again on a well-deserved win. You, you certainly played some incredible golf, and uh certainly uh, should be very, very proud of yourself. So thank you for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me this morning. We're so glad you joined us. Thank you, and good luck to you. Trust it. Thank you. Yeah, and I'm going to try to try to make it out to the uh, the Q series uh, in December and, uh, and watch a little bit. So if I do, I'll try to 
to uh, seek you out and come and say hello. But good luck, Jarvie, and safe travels back home, and uh, enjoy a little bit of uh, a break as you uh, uh, go home and, and celebrate this win with uh, friends and family. But uh, thank you again for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, that was uh, Jarvie Boonchant from Bangkok, Thailand. Um, and the latest and, and actually the last winner of the 2022 season at the Epson Tour Championship that took place in Daytona, Florida. Um, Cindy, we'll, we'll end a little bit early, but I just want to take a, a few minutes just to talk about um, my experience down there and that I know you've been there many, many times. Um, the course, i, I got to say, the folks there at LPJ International did a fantastic job given what they had gone through um, the previous week with uh, Hurricane Ian coming through the Daytona area. Um, certainly there were a few trees down here and there, but the course uh, did have some flooding um, earlier on, but uh, we had some good weather this past week and through the weekend, and uh, they did a fantastic job in getting it up to snuff for this event. They were very, very fortunate that uh, the event was obviously a week later, but uh, what a, a kudos to the, all of the volunteers and that and all of the people through the LPJ organization that were there to help participate with Epson at the tournament. Um, and I know you know probably a lot of them, um, not just the players, but I'm sure you've had a chance to meet a lot of folks there at uh, LBJ International over the years. But um, what a great uh, a great venue. Yeah, it is. It's awesome. And that's great that they were able to get the course back in shape for, you know, this major event. Um, I know my son-in-law was down there producing the show for the Golf Channel which was cool, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, and 23 under par is pretty darn good. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I um, you know, I, I, I tried to, you know, watch as many of them teeing off. They, what they did is, of course, they split um, between uh, the first tee and the tenth tee uh, each day, um, just obviously to for time and stuff, but um, they... Uh, so I got a chance to watch uh, a lot of them tee off, and then you know I followed a little bit. I didn't do as much because I had some other things that I was doing while I was there. But um, but it, it's just amazing, you know, when you watch the these young ladies, you know, just as you know, like Jarvie here, you know, in their in their twenties, um, you know, out there sometimes uh, in her case for the first time, uh, you know, her, her rookie season. And just out there battling it out, and then to you know post the 23 under you know for four rounds—that's incredible, breaking the record as you said. Um, it, it just it blew me away because it was just amazing to watch these young ladies, how good they are, and how well composed they are. And the other thing too, which is very very uh, interesting, and a lot of people probably don't know. Obviously, if they've tuned into the show and heard us interviewing a lot of uh, these young ladies, but. Um, there is an incredible, especially on the Epson, and I know it's also on the LPJ, but I think even, maybe even more on the Epson, um, there is an incredible international um, representation from virtually every country around the world. I mean, I was amazed at how many uh, from different areas. You, I'm sure you've noticed that over the years as well, right? Yeah, and, and again, in thinking... You know, I, that's why I asked her, how did you find the IMG Academy? And because she qualified to play in the Junior World Championship, so there has to be a junior golf program in Thailand. 
where mm-hmm. she was a participant and got good enough to be able to go to the junior world and finish in the top 10 and have IMG recruit her to go there. I mean, that changed her life. Yes. So, you know, there's countries all over the world, hopefully, that have junior golf programs that are feeder systems to help people get better and, you know, be able to allow them to achieve their dreams, which is great. Yeah, and, and they're so composed, too. Um, you know, it's it's very, very impressive. They're all very, very polite, all of the – and I'm referring to all of them, not just, you know, the international and obviously the American as well, but um, just incredible how they carry themselves, very poised, very focused uh, at such a young age. I, you know, and I know this sounds kind of silly, but I, I remember, you know, when I was maybe a little bit younger than that, you know, I wasn't as composed. I mean, I was always a pretty conservative, whatever, but um, I was never as composed as what you see some of these young ladies are now, and even some of the young men, too, of course, on the men's tours. But um, it's just amazing how quickly they're maturing, I think, um, more so than when, when I was growing up. I mean, I was pretty mature, but, you know, I can remember some of my friends, and they weren't so mature. But it's just amazing, and, and I don't know if it's through the conditioning and the training at, you know, uh, camps like IMG puts on, if that's part of it, or if it's just the way society is that these young kids, many of them are coming up and just very structured, very focused. Obviously, it's a, a testament to her uh, her upbringing, her family and that, but um, uh, do you notice that as well, or am I, am I seeing something that's, you know, maybe not there? What do you think? Well, again, what she said, what she she moved, you know, how many thousands of miles away from home by herself yeah. when she was 14? Yeah, and and having a a roommate she never met before got to school late. Everybody she had to catch up. Didn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, how scary is that? So you get thrown into yeah. a situation like that. You learn to adapt and adjust, or you fail. Right. So how resilient, you know, resourceful, self sufficient. I mean, look at the lessons that they get to learn, which is awesome. Yes. Rather than mommy and daddy spoiling them and giving them everything they need, I mean, again, mm-hmm. you could say, well, she's spoiled because she goes to a private boarding school, you know, thousands of miles away from home. Yeah, but look at what she's feeling and thinking. So that's yeah. what helps them, well, you know. Well, and, and, and certainly, yeah, and, and also certainly I think in most cases, too, I think they earn it. I mean, you know, you don't get there um, just because you've, you know, got a pretty smile or something. You have to earn to get into a lot of these places. Like you said, you had to, you know, she had to do well back home to be able to get into the junior world, to be able to get noticed by IMG. So it's not like she just went up and put a big smile on her face and said, hey, look at me. Um, she had to, you know, get out there and, and and show them that, hey, she had something there that was appealing to them um, to make them want to, Say hey, you know this. We think this would be a good opportunity for you to develop your your game, and and uh, obviously she, uh, you know, continued on with some education there as well to prepare herself to go to Duke. I mean, that's not an easy uh, thing to, to achieve for a lot of people either. So, and I know we didn't get a chance to really talk too much about that, but um, I think just mentioning Duke in itself is is uh, is all that's necessary. But yeah, she just has a great game, and, and I noticed that so much when I was down there this last. Um, you know, I've been to LPJ events before, and it's a little bit different, obviously, again, but um, I was really impressed at such a young age um, how these young ladies carry themselves. Very, very professional. Um, some of them a little shy. Uh, you know, you could tell they, you know, they were a little shy, but, um, 
but for the most part, they were very, very um, friendly and, and would say hello as they're walking by. And, and uh, you know, if you approached and, and were talking to them, they were very uh, eager to answer any questions and things like that. And I spoke to a few that, you know, that we had had on the show here uh, over the years. And um, it was just, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a good, and I'm telling you, you couldn't have asked for better weather. I mean, it was beautiful in, in low 80s every single day. And there wasn't really a lot of wind. I, I agree what she said on Saturday. I think the wind did pick up a little bit, especially in the afternoon. But uh, you couldn't have asked for better weather, especially after what they went through um, uh, the week before. But um, they held it together, and uh, it was yeah, it was a successful event. So um, now we're going to be working on um, sort of behind the scenes, and I'm talking to uh, everybody here, um, and we're working at trying to get, uh, again, travel and, and whatnot may affect some of it, um, but there is a top 10, and Jarvie uh, wasn't in it, but there's a top 10 uh, race for the card a group, if you will. We're going to try over the next few weeks uh, to get them on uh, as they now earn their way or have earned their way onto the LPJ. So we're going to be working at trying to get some of these Epson Tour players who made it into the top 10 on the show here so that you get a chance to hear their stories and a little bit about them. So we'll be working on that, and hopefully beginning next week we'll have uh, our first one or maybe two. We'll see how we how it goes. But we're going to be working on that to get them on and, and some other things as well. But um, I think we'll wrap it up a few minutes early and um, and uh, and head out and do what we need to do on our end. But we want to thank everybody for joining us this morning. And again, a special thanks to our, our guest this morning, Jarvie Boonchant, uh, and congratulations once again on her win uh, at the Epson Tour Championship this past week in Daytona. But uh, on behalf of Cindy Miller, I'm Ted Odorico. Thank you, everybody, for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf, and we'll see you next week here on the program. Thank you, Cindy. Have a great week. You too, Ted. Thanks. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guests. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. To get updates on the show, you can follow the Women of Golf Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash women of golf. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.